At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Warmer for Lebo. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Our good friend Minty Betts is going to be joining me. She does absolutely amazing work over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. She takes a look at a whole wide variety of things, everything from baseball to the NFL. I know that she likes some Formula One as well. You're going to get like 45 seconds on Formula One in that chat as well. But we're also going to be taking a look at some of the hot divisional races to take a look at. I know that she's got some thoughts when it comes to Thursday's games as well. So we're going to be diving into that with our good friend Minty. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis out of her game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, let her see them. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is find an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast, five stars. It is very much appreciated from there. You're about finding whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but... It was our rambunctious day of baseball on Wednesday. Let's dive into it, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. A Yankees bunch that had been 8-15 and in their last 23 games and a team that needed a win. They deliver late. Our DK Nation pick was on the over, and we're now 6-0-1 in my last seven. That is our best streak of the year, 8-7, the Yankees. Wind up being able to get there as 
Anthony Rizzo in the eighth inning when the team needed him. Comes up with his 28th home run of the season. Before then, you did wind up seeing Blaber Torres go deep off of the starter Corey Kluber. His 17th home run of the season as or the Rays, they wound up getting a relatively solid start out of Kluber. He gives up two runs over the course of six innings. Colin Pooch gives up a run in a third of an inning before. Wound up seeing Pete Fairbanks get out of a bases loaded situation. Brooks Raley gives up the home run to Rizzo. He winds up giving up a solo run in an inning. And then Ryan Thompson delivers a scoreless inning before Jalen Beeks lights this game on fire. Gives up a walk-off grand slam to Josh Donaldson. Four runs, three of which were earned, credited to him. And he did not wind up getting a single out. And for the race, they go three of 14 with men in scoring position. They did wind up plating three runs in the 10th inning, as that was a relatively rough one for our good friend Scott Efres, along with Aroldis Chapman. As Domingo Ramon, the starter, he did not wind up having a good go of it, giving up three runs in four and two-thirds innings. Lucas Lukey, one in a third innings, gives up a solo home run to Harold Ramirez, his fifth home run season. From there, you did wind up having Lou Trevino and Ron Mananacchio, combined for two scoreless innings in the Nefers, gives up an honor run in the 10th inning, getting four outs before then, and then Aroldis Chapman gives up two runs while getting just two outs, but the Yankees, they are able to prevail. The LA Dodgers survived the fact that they wound up sending Craig Kimbrell into a game 2-1. to one. Dodgers wind up being able to get the WS. They wound up getting a pair of solo homers off of Eric Lauer to be able to get the job done. Austin Barnes, fifth home run season, and Max Muncy, pair of guys, in below 200. His 15th home run of the season is Lauer. Not a bad performance here. He gives up those two solo home runs over the course of seven innings. Wind up having Brent Suter and Peter Strzelski both deliver a scoreless inning, but for the Brewers, Nothing doing on offense. A tremendous start from Tony Gonsolin. Seven scoreless innings, eight punch outs. Caleb Ferguson lost his first earned run of the year, giving up one run in an inning out of the bullpen. And then Craig Kimbrell made things interesting, putting a pair of men on base. He wriggles out of it, gets a scoreless inning. Dodgers wind up getting the win. The Chicago Cubs, they go to Washington and they take down the Nationals by a count of three to two. For the Cubs, you did wind up having P.J. Higgins go deep off of Corey Abbott for his sixth home run season as Abbott, the former Chicago Cub, winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings. Dick McGee takes the loss as he has been terrible, no matter what team he's been with. The Giants, the Brewers, now the Washington Nationals should be sent to the Washington Generals after this, giving up one run in two-thirds of an inning. Steve Ciszek, he gets an out out of the bullpen without giving up a run, and Rosmo Ramirez was able to deliver two scoreless innings, but not a lot doing for the Washington Nationals on offense. Drew Smiley, he was able to smile about this one. Two runs surrendered over the course of five and a third innings. From there, Stephen Prohl, two scoreless innings. Warren Wick, a scoreless inning. And Eric Uhlman was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. He winds up getting the win. The Philadelphia Phillies, after they wound up erupting off of TJ Zoich for 11 runs yesterday, they get shut out on Wednesday, 1-0. to the Reds are able to get it done. Nick Lodolo has been very good, by the way, for this Reds team. Seven scoreless innings, punches out eight. Alexis Diaz, two scoreless innings from there, making, like, I believe his brother Edwin Diaz as well. And for the Cincinnati Reds, just one of six with men in scoring position, but it was enough to get the job done as Sir Anthony Dominguez gives up a walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth inning to Jose Barrero. You did wind up having Rangers Suarez give a really good start. Three hits, no runs surrendered, and seven scoreless innings. David Robertson, he winds up posting up a scoreless inning himself, so so, a little bit of a tough one there for the Phillies. Wound up having the Miami Marlins are up for a few runs. The problem is the San Diego Padres wind up having a first inning grand slam, and they wind up getting it done by kind of 10-3. to 3. The grand slam comes off the bat of Jake Cronenworth, his 12th home run of the season. 
Our good friend Pablo Lopez gives up six runs in four and two-thirds innings, including that grand slam from there. Eliezer Hernandez, who has just not been terrific whenever he's been a starter or a relief fan at the big league bubble, gives up three runs over the course of an inning. Richard Blyer, a scoreless saying Cole Solzer, welcome back. One and third inning scoreless, and Uskar Brazobin winds up giving up a run in an inning and for the San Diego Padres, you did wind up having Mike Clevenger get a bounce from this game early. Three runs surrendered in four and a third innings, but bullpen at his back. Robert Suarez, Nick Martinez, Stephen Wilson all provide a scoreless inning, and Adrian Barajon gets the win, getting five outs without allowing a run out of the bullpen. The Seattle Mariners just continue their winning ways against the LA Angels. 11-7 the final as for the Angels. The good news is they didn't wind up having a whole bunch of unearned runs because they didn't commit as many errors. The bad news is you wind up having Mike Myers not provide a lot of laughs for this team. Well, there was a lot of laughs if you were looking to laugh at the LA Angels. Five runs surrendered in five and a third innings, including a trio of bombs out of the bullpen. Going deep for the Seattle Mariners and Eugenio Suarez, his 20th home run of the season, Jesse Winker is 13th. Cal Raleigh winds going deep for home runs number 17 and 18. He winds going deep off of Myers and then Aime Barilla winds giving up the other one for Barilla. He winds giving up two runs over the course of an inning to Kitusan. Four runs given up at two and two-thirds innings. Did not wind up lasting long as a starter and it wastes what was a very good day for Shoya Otani. Four RBI in his 27th home run season on a four for five day as he goes deep off of Matthew Festa. And despite all that, the team still winds up losing by four runs as Festa, he winds up giving up two runs over the course of his inning. George Kirby gets a win as he gives up three runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Ben Murphy gives up two runs in one and a third innings. And Matt Brash, he winds up striking out the side in his inning of work and Seattle. They're looking solid out there in the AL wildcard and the Blue Jays. They cling to life for their AL wildcard spot. They take down the Baltimore Orioles by kind of 6-1 to as Austin both A very good start here for Baltimore. Six scoreless settings. The bullpen uncharacteristically just torpedoed this one. Trey Creeble got one out of the bullpen, giving up two runs. Cino Perez gave up three runs and didn't get an out. Lewis said he gives up a run on two outs before Logan Gillespie puts out the fire. He gets a scoreless inning, but for the Toronto Blue Jays, Ross Tripling, six and a third inning scoreless sack pop. That thing's popping out there in the bullpen. He gives up a run in an inning, but Yimi Garcia pair of outs out of the bullpen. David Phelps, a scoreless inning for Toronto to be able to salvage the final game of their series with the Baltimore Orioles. The Boston Red Sox looking to claw their way back into the playoff picture as well. They wind up getting a win against the Pittsburgh Pirates by a count of 8-3. to And if you're looking at the wild card right now, Red Sox four games back of that final spot held by the Blue Jays. The Twins are a game back. The Baltimore Orioles are a game and a half back. And the White Sox are two back. So this is getting hot and heavy very, very quickly as for Boston. No home runs in this one, but 6 of 18 with men in scoring position and a not-so-bad start out of Richo. Giving up two runs over the course of five innings, he did wind up allowing a home run to Brian Reynolds, his 18th home run season, but Oronsi Contreras, his first start in a little bit over a month at the big league level, gives up four runs over the course of six innings. Wayne Underwood Jr. gives up a run in one and a third innings, and Yohan Ramirez, he got messed with. He gives up three runs over the course of an inning. Eric Stout was able to get a pair of outs out of the bullpen and for Boston. Bullpen did their job. Jersic Familia, Spanish for blown save, gives up a run in an inning, but in more than that to play with Erikaza Satamora, two scoreless innings, and Ryan Brazier strikes out the side in his inning of work. He did wind up seeing the Cleveland Guardians rally from down against the Detroit Tigers. 8-4, to four, the final is a six spot from the Cleveland Guardians is what wound up being able to pull this one out of the fire as the Tigers were up at one point in this game by a count of 4-1 to one after Willie Castro 
winds up being able to go deep. He winds up getting his fifth home run of the season. That winds up coming off of Cal Guantro, who did not have a good start. Quantro gives up four runs over the course of six innings, including that homer, but James Karinczak, Brian Shaw. Shaw's been pitching a little bit better, by the way. A combined two scoreless innings, Emmanuel Classe. He winds up coming out of the bullpen for a scoreless inning himself, but for Cleveland, they go 5 of 15 with men in scoring position, and it squanders what was not a bad start here from Daniel Norris. He winds up giving up one run over the course of five innings. He's actually been okay in a starting role. He's been better as a starter rather than as a bullpen piece. Jose Cicerno, Will Vez, both provide a scoreless thing. And then Andrew Chafin and Alex Lang lit this game on fire. Wound up having a combined four strikeouts out of these two guys and getting three outs, which that tells you exactly what wound up going wrong here as there was a pass ball and a strikeout that wound up hurting. But six runs surrender between these two gentlemen over the course of an inning and that wound up allowing the Guardians to be able to get that one done. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves had a game in which we up seeing a little bit of a rain delay in there, but Braves, they were not able to delay defeat. They wind up losing to the New York Mets by a count of 9-7 as Max Scherzer. His first start allowing three-plus runs since coming off the injury list, giving up four and six and a third innings. From there, Adam Adovino goes two-thirds of an inning, allowing a home run to Robbie Grossman, his fourth of the campaign, and then the bullpen did a little bit more of a stable job from there. Trevor May very nearly wound up cussing this run line, giving up two runs over the course of an inning, but was able to do just enough. And Edwin Diaz, in a very strange hold, winds up being able to pitch a scoreless setting as for the bets. You know, there's a lot of gopher balls in this one. Sterling Marte of the Marte Parte winds up going deep twice. 13th and 14th home runs of the season. Francisco Lindor is 21st. And then you wind up having home run number one for our good friend Brett Batty as three of those four home runs wind up coming off of Jake Odorizzi and Jake from Houston wound up getting tagged for five runs over the course of five innings. The other home run winds up coming off of Kirby Yates who wound up allowing a solo run in an inning. Tyler Madzik, Dylan Lee both provide a scoreless inning, but then Jackson Stevens. Three runs surrendered in a third of an inning before wind up having the young man and Freddie Turnock wind up providing a pair of outs of the bullpen without allowing a run. The Oakland A's wind up taking it to the Walker, Texas Rangers by a count of 7 to 2 as for the Oakland A's. Pair of home runs off the bat of Sean Murphy for his 15th and 16th home run of the season, and then wind up having home run number one for Shea Langeliers. For Langeliers, he winds going deep off of Josh Saboris, who allows two runs over the course of one and a third innings in one and two-thirds innings, two runs surrendered by John King. And for Cole Raggins, he was thrown around like a rag, giving up two of those home runs, three runs in total over the course of five innings, and then Joe Barlow, fresh off the injured list, a scoreless inning, and not a lot doing for Texas as Adam Aller was an ERA that... Wound up entering into the night being north of 7, still a 663. Delivers a good start. One run surrendered over the course of six innings. Zach Jackson, along Danny Jimenez, provided scoreless inning as Kirby Sneed allowed a run in an inning as well. So the Oakland A's, they take two straight from the Walker, Texas Rangers. The Houston Astros take one from the Chicago White Sox. 3-2 to two the final as for Houston. Not a lot of offense in this one. They go one of two with men in scoring position, but Framber Valdez was able to hold down the fork, giving up two runs over the course of seven innings. Ryan Stanek, Ryan Presley both deliver a scoreless inning from there, and for the Chicago White Sox, not a lot doing for them. One of eight with men in scoring position, Michael Kopech gives up three runs over the course of six innings before Joe Kelly, Jake Diekman, Rinaldo Lopez provide a scoreless inning, but Houston doing an absolutely supreme job in one-run games right now. They have not necessarily been the world's greatest team at being able to cover the run line as a result. But for the Houston Astros, now 20-13 and 13 in one-run games, by the way. If you're wondering who has the most one-run wins thus far this season, shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Much like last year, the Seattle Mariners at 27-14. and 14. 
thus far this season. The St. Louis Cardinals had much more than a one-run win. They take it to the Colorado Rockies by a count of 5-1. Urban Marquez gives up three runs over the course of six innings before Jake Bird and Justin Lawrence combined for two innings, giving up two runs. No home runs in this game on either side as one of having the Rockies go 1-11 of 11 with men in scoring position. They have not been good with their offense away from Coors and Jordan Montgomery. Allows his first run as a St. Louis Cardinal. He has now went three starts for the St. Louis Cardinals and this one five and two-thirds innings, giving up one run along the way. So he's went 16 and two-thirds innings, allowing one run. And the New York Yankees got from him Harrison Bader. So that's not working out right now for the New York Yankees. Andre Pallanti, seven outs out of the bullpen scoreless. And Giovanni Gagos was able to provide a scoreless setting as well. as While the Cardinals did not wind up going deep, they do wind up going 4-15 with Ben in scoring position. So they did a good job of being able to tattoo the Colorado Rockies. The Minnesota Twins, they shut out the Kansas City Royals just by a count of 4-0. to For the Royals, Daniel Lynch. Gives up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of his six innings, including a home run to Jose Miranda, who's been inning right around a 325 over the last 40 days. His 12th home run season, Joe Payamps was able to provide two scoreless innings, but for the Royals, just absolutely nothing doing. Tyler Molly has to leave this game early due to injury, two and a third inning scoreless, but then from there, you wound up having the bullpen piecemeal together, six and two thirds innings scoreless on a dime. Yohan Duran, Michael Fulmer, Trevor McGill all provide a scoreless inning. Griffin Jacks. He gets five outs out of the bullpen, and Emilio Pagano has not been good this season. He winds up getting the win. He wanted going two scoreless saying so shout out to him. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks, they wind up playing an interesting one with the San Francisco Giants as the Diamondbacks strike for two in the eighth, and that propels them to a 3-2 to two win over the San Francisco Giants. As for Arizona, it was Jake McCarthy with an RBI single that was able to get them to victory as for the Giants. Their two runs, they both come off of solo home runs as going deep for them, J.D. Davis. Eighth home run season off of Chris Davinsky, and then the starter, Zach Davies, winds up giving one up to Lamonte Wade Jr. His eighth home run season for Davies gives up just one run over the course of five innings. That's home run. Davinsky gives up that home run in his inning of work, and then Noe Ramirez was able to pretty much piggyback off of Tyler Holton for a scoreless inning. Joe Mantiply, he winds up coming in. He delivers a scoreless inning, and for the San Francisco Giants, their bullpen pitching continues to be a little bit of an issue as Dominic Leon, he gives up two runs over the course of an inning. Carlos Rodan winds up punching out 11, gives up one run over the course of six innings. Jerome Garcia, Tyler Rogers, they both are able to provide a scoreless inning as well, but certainly not a good state of affairs right now for the San Francisco Giants as the Arizona Diamondbacks. They go just one of eight with men in scoring position. Was it enough to be able to get it done though? And if you're taking a look at the game of baseball right now, we have been still seeing quite a few unders overall for the season, but ever since the All-Star break over the last three days, it's been a relatively good split of overs and unders. As overall for the season, unders are hitting at about 51.5%, but 178 unders to 175 overs over the last three days, so 50.5% to the under in this time span. Favorites have been starting to take hold, 235 and 141 over the last three days, so favorites they're at a 62.5% clip, and Home favorites have really been good. They've been able to cover the run line in 110 of their 146 straight-up wins as home favorites over the last three days. 146 and 76 straight up. That is very nearly a 66% clip. And overall for the season, home favorites hitting more around 60.5%, 688, and 436 straight up. But they've had a tough time covering the run line. We have already seen 204 instances of a home favorite not being able to do so. And if you're taking a look for the season, 856 unders to 804 overs. So 51.6% hit rate to the under. That's what we want to see in Major League Baseball on Wednesday. And 
Coming up next, we take a look forward to Thursday, and we take a look at some of these great divisional races with our good friend Minty Betts of Yahoo Sportsbook. Up next, right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard, and then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, and great to be joined by our guests as Minty Betts does absolutely amazing work over there at Yahoo Sportsbook, along with MSG Networks. Does a great job taking a look at a wide variety of things. For those of you that are looking for something to bet on before the football season, she actually does a great job being able to follow Formula One as well, which I think is a growing market. And it is quite a bit of fun to take a look at, especially with regards to the qualifying that winds going on during the week. She does a great job taking a look at baseball day in and day out as well. And I know that she is getting set for what is going to be an incredible football season. To be able to follow Minty on Twitter, she makes it very easy. At Minty Betts and Minty, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. It is always a pleasure to be on, Greg. And first of all, do you watch Formula One? I've been watching a little bit of it because a lot of it winds up being on at like 4 or 5 a.m. And that's what I'm doing, conference previews of like the Patriot League, the NEC, and things like that. So it keeps me entertained while I try to look at some of the unearthed gems of the college basketball season for this upcoming season. So I have been watching a little bit more. More and I've been very impressed by Max Verstappen this season. Yes, Max Verstappen has just been phenomenal. I have to say, I'm a Carlos Sainz fan for many reasons. And also, just really quick, I miss Formula One so much while they're on their summer break right right now. We have a couple weeks left that I had a dream that I was in high school with George Russell and we were competing in the (laughs) science fair to beat Lewis Hamilton. And I'm just like, what? How did they even get into my dreams? Like, I don't really, I mean, F1 is only like once a week. So it's it's crazy that... uh, into my dreams. <laughs> that is very crazy. And it's been crazy that Mercedes has had a little bit of a fall off this season as well. As, I mean, Team Red Bull and Team Ferrari have been very dominant out there. And speaking of dominant teams that have been having a little bit of a fall off, I know you've been taking a look at the American League East says, I know that a team that you've been high on for much of the season is the Tampa Bay Rays. And you know what? They had themselves a pretty darn solid series against the New York Yankees. And what do you just make out of what we've been seeing recently with regards to both the Rays and the Yankees, because I going into yesterday and we're doing this right now as things are going along and the Yankees have been struggling again in the early part of the game on Wednesday. Yankees had a complete and utter fall off. Meanwhile, for the Tampa Bay Rays, leaving a little bit of something to be desired at the plate, but the pitching just continues to be supreme with them. Yeah, so the AL East is an interesting division because the Yankees are several games ahead of the rest of the teams in the division, but they're injured at the moment. Meanwhile, the Orioles are the hottest team in the AL East, if not the entire league. I am totally buying into the hype of the Baltimore Orioles right now. I mean, they've got some pretty easy opponents remaining, in my opinion, like the Red Sox, the A's, Nats maybe Tigers, maybe White Sox. And I'm saying the Blue Jays are going to be an easy opponent after how they've been dominating them in the series that they're playing right now. They really just have to overcome the Astros and the Yankees. But if New York stays cold for a bit, I think Baltimore can climb up into a postseason spot. I mean, they've got some great young talent that's finally clicking they're great against lefties I think they're like 25 and 17 against lefties Uh, and in the last month they're top 11 in batting average and OPS the relief pitching possesses the third best ERA their lineup is deep and consistent and you did mention the Rays I do have a feature on the Rays to win the ALE so they are kind of sneaking up there as I had predicted 
early this season, but I'm just not super confident in them right now. There's just something off about them this season. Uh, but I wouldn't be mad if they take this division and I can cash my ticket, but I'm just writing this underdog story of the O's right now. Yep, and with the Tampa Bay Rays, I think what's really missing is just that power bat in there. Really, other yeah. than Randy arosarena has got 15, 16 home runs thus far this season. They haven't had a lot of that, but bullpen pitching is still there, and you mentioned it with the Orioles, a team that has came half back of the wild card. Their bullpen pitching has been tremendous as well as we've got Minty Betts, who does an absolutely terrific job over there at Yahoo Sports. She is joining me on the podcast, and I do think that it is really interesting to take a look at these AL East teams because I mentioned it with the Yankee struggles. Now they are going to be playing us to the Blue Jays. At we're doing this, we just wound up seeing an opening line for DraftKings come out with the Yankees at a minus 135 with it being Frankie Montas going for them and the Blue Jays sending out their Jose Barrios. And I recognize the Yankees' struggles. It's a team that right now they can't water out if they want to falling out of a boat. But at the same time, only plus 115 for Jose Barrios on the road. This feels like the classic get-right spot with the way that he has pitched, not just this year, but throughout his career on the road. I'm not sure if you're thinking the way that I am, but I think that this is an overcorrection on the Yankees' struggles. And I want absolutely nothing to do with Jose Barrios on the road. Yeah, I want absolutely nothing to do with Jose Barrios as well. I actually really like this game. And every time I see Barrios on the mound, it is an auto over for me. I mean, in just his last seven innings pitch, he's given up 13 earned runs. Against the Yankees, he's allowed a batting average of 262. Although some of the main pieces of the Yankees are injured and missing, I don't doubt that Barrios will give up a few runs here. Then you mentioned Frankie Montas. He hasn't had the best of starts as a Yankee, and I think he'll struggle against the Blue Jays. I mean, they're still one of the best teams offensively. Toronto is on a bit of a slump right now, and I think they pick things up here after losing a few games to the O's. I mean, they'll have to show some dominance here, but I, I gotta go with like a safer bet for me. I'm gonna go the first five over if it's four, four and a half runs at most. And right now we're seeing an opening total of eight, so it should be right around that four yeah. to four and a half range. And to your point, Frankie Montas, in games in which he has not pitched in Oakland this season, north of a 5-7 ERA. So Ooh. he is up and good. Jose Barrios on the road. 7.50 road ERA, so I cannot blame you there. I'm personally looking at it over as well, so we are certainly in lockstep on that one, and I'm not sure if you've got much on the Orioles game for Thursday as well, because I know that we were talking about them a little bit, but they're going to be playing against the Cubs, and right now, find them right around a minus 145-ish favorite with Spencer Watkins going up against Adrian Sampson, but it just feels like the books haven't adjusted enough to the Baltimore Orioles. It's not a case in which I necessarily want too much of a run line with the Orioles laying a run and half because they have been playing some lower scoring games but I think that the Orioles are still presenting really good value even though we've been seeing them do it time and time again and no longer can people say that it's a small sample size because now we're here in mid to late August. Yeah, I, I think that's actually great value if you're getting Baltimore at minus 140-ish. I think that's it's worth laying the juice a little bit because uh, against the Cubs, I, I think it's kind of, it's obvious for me, I like the Orioles, but now I'm, you know, a bandwagon fan. But yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of value in taking Baltimore on the money line tomorrow against the Cubs. I used to call them the poopy Baltimore Orioles. Not yeah. so poopy anymore. So we love to be able to see that. And I know that we've been talking a lot about the American League East, but the National League East, that has been very interesting as well. Right now, the Mets are the top team out there, the Braves. They've legitimately been the hottest team in baseball since the beginning of June. But I still think that the Mets have the advantage just with getting back Jacob DeGrom. And DeGrom, he's going to be, ironically enough, on the bump on Thursday. 
first three starts. He looks like the Jacob DeGrom of old. So you absolutely love to see that. But how do you see this one being able to play out? Because I legitimately think that we've got three playoff teams in this division. And when it's all said and done, I do think that the Mets, they are going to be able to take it. Do I mean, yeah, so we have to talk about the NL East. I mean, the majority of those who aren't diehard Mets fans kind of expect the Mets to slip up, come closer to postseason, and let the Braves run away with it. I mean, Atlanta's only, what, three and a half games behind the Mets in this division. The Mets look great all season, as you mentioned. They spent a lot to get all the pieces for a postseason team. But I think there's just so much value with the two other teams that are trailing them. I mean, the Braves have done this over and over, so they know what it takes to get there. But the Phillies also look really tempting. I mean, their pitching rotation is deep. They've got great weapons offensively, like Hoskins and uh, Schorber and Harper whenever he gets healthy again. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily win the division, but they could certainly make it to the playoffs. So for value purposes, I'm still riding with the Braves and a little bit on the Phillies as well. But the Mets look so good. I just... With their history, I just don't know if I can back the Mets up. And the Dodgers have been incredibly dominant as going into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday, 30 and 5 in their last 35 games. But I just still take a look at the Dodgers and should they be the favorites in the National League? Absolutely. But I don't want to be laying anything on their features because other than 2020, which I mean, if you want a random season, 2020, that's about (laughs) as random as it gets, 60 game baseball season that makes no sense at all but other than that season the Dodgers have not been able to bust through and I do think that when it comes to just taking a look at teams in the postseason if you're looking to bet playoff series futures to be able to win the pennant list goes on and on I do think that really any of those three teams in the NLEs provide some value now with the Phillies it's very much dependent upon Bryce Harper if he doesn't wind up coming back and looking like his old self I just don't think that they're going to be able to make it to the World Series but I'm with the Braves and the Mets certainly I've got them a little bit of a peg lower than the Dodgers right now but I mean at the very least with both of these teams they don't have that guy by the name of Craig Kimbrell coming out in the ninth inning and I think that that could be (laughs) very important in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're totally right. I would rather bet on the Mets, the Braves, you know, Padres, Phillies than the Dodgers in terms of like the National League winner because I mean, there's just the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're a great team, but you got to just root for someone a little more exciting, a little more out there and kind of out of nowhere. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yep, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that Dodgers versus Brewers game as well as I mean, Betty Markets, they're currently all over the Dodgers as reigning Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns is right now an underdog as I see it to Andrew Heaney of the Dodgers. Now, shout out to Andrew Heaney right now, one one seven ERA through seven starts this season, but I, I don't know about you, but it just feels like Dodgers overinflation is taking over once again. I'm going to be taking a look at the value that we've got on the reigning Cy Young Award winner at home going up against the LA Dodgers. I'm not sure if you see this any other way. I mean, even with the Dodgers having won 13 out of their last 15 games, I'm willing to ride Corbin Burns being able to get even money or better in this spot. Yeah, absolutely. This matchup in particular, I'm riding with Corbin Burns as well, especially at home. So, I mean, I don't have much on this game, but I'm with you there, Greg. Yeah, it's just one of those cases in which you you present the reigning National League Cy Young Award (laughs) winner at this sort of value. And it's not like Corbin Burns has been by any stretch having a fall off this season either. And that for me is just good value, in my opinion, as we do have Minty Betts joining me on the podcast. And I know that one other game involving an NL West team and as a matter of fact, two NL West teams that you like is the Giants versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. And this is a really good pitching matchup. 
Obviously, both of these teams, they're going to have a little bit of a tough time getting into the postseason, though the Giants are starting to pick it up a little bit more. Logan Webb goes for the Giants, and Zach Gallon, who's been amazing here this season, he is going for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right now with the Giants, find them right around minus 145-ish on the money line, and the total is 7.5. I like the Giants a little bit on the money line, but what I really like here is the under with both of these pitchers going in San Francisco, a noted pitcher-friendly ballpark. I'm not sure how you wind up seeing this one, but I do think that there's some relatively solid value here on this under as I set my total below seven. Yeah, I am right there with you. You read my mind. First of all, I'm a little saddened that this Giants team is in their current form. I expect them to be a much more explosive team after what we saw in seasons past. They can't complain. Other than the one bad outing this season, Logan Webb has been fantastic. Matt Gallen, like you said, against the Giants this season, he's only allowed an opponent batting average of 179. He's been phenomenal as well. Both of these offenses really struggling. Overall, San Francisco is batting at 236, Arizona 226. This matchup is 5-2-1 and one to the under, so I'm right there with you to the under. No lower than 7.5. That would be my limit, but I really like the under here. I really don't think there's going to be a lot of production in this game. Yep, I'm right there with you and with Logan Webb. In regular season games, he's pitched for the San Francisco Giants. They've lost just three times, I believe, the last few seasons with about their on the bump. So he has been pretty automatic for this Giants team. And I think that once again, we're not going to get a lot of scoring. And and you mentioned it with the Giants. How much do you think the struggles this year of the pitching staff have been due to the fact that Buster Posey's out of the fold? Because I just take a look at this Giants team, and much like you, I expected a little bit more out of them. And a lot of people, they take a look at Buster Posey and they think, oh, they don't wind up having the home run power with them, the batting yeah. average, what have you. But I think the bigger thing is that the Giants had the number one bullpen ERA last season. Much of the same guys are back. They're now outside the top 15. I think a lot of that has to do with Buster Posey. I'm not sure if you've got a little bit of a different theory, but I think that this all just winds up coming back to the fact that Buster Posey is no longer behind the plate, and that has really affected the Giants in so many aspects rather than just as bad. I mean, other than getting rid of a couple of guys that were so vital to this offense, but Buster Posey retiring it was a big hit, and I miss him. He needs to Tom Brady and unretire <laughs> and help the Giants at least make it to the World Series or make it to the postseason and, and go deep into the postseason. But I totally agree with you. Buster Posey was a big part of this team offensively, and he was just one of the best catchers. And I just, I really loved him part of the team. Again, a lot of missing pieces. The Giants lost this offseason. They're just in such a tough division that if they're not up to the same level as the Dodgers, then they just really have no chance. Yep, and I know that you've got a great affinity for Bay Area baseball as Mickey (laughs) Betts is joining me right here on the podcast. And I know that your team, I hate to bring it up, but it's the LA Angels and boy. Oh, gosh. This is not good. They started out 27 and 17 to begin the season. I believe they are now 24 and 50 in their last 74 games. Obviously, out there in the ALS, it's been all about the Astros with the Miami, with the Seattle Mariners, a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2001, finally being able to be in a good spot to be able to make the playoffs. I used to work for one of the flagship stations of the Seattle Mariners. So, I mean, good for those fans. I feel very good that they finally have some excitement in their lives. But 
I mean, this AL West, it just feels like a hodgepodge because the Mariners are clearly going for it because if they don't go for it now, I mean, they literally should just sell the team at this point because they haven't made the playoffs in over 20 years. The Astros continue to be the Astros and everyone else in that division. It's just been really sad. Headlined by the Angels going completely down the toilet bowl. Oh, so sad. Yeah. I mean, this is a really interesting division. Like you said, it's a hodgepodge. I'm not going to talk about my Angels much, but I do want to highlight the Mariners that you said. (laughs) They are a sneaky team. And although the Astros may very well win the World Series this season, I really want to keep an eye on Seattle for the next few seasons because I think they can sneak it in and they can be competitive. Currently, the Mariners have a relatively easy schedule remaining facing the Angels, A's, Royals, Nats, and Tigers. They will have some challenges with the Padres, Braves, Guardians, and maybe the Rangers. But I want them to cause like a huge upset so bad. I think the Mariners are on the right track and they can absolutely make the playoffs within the next few seasons. But as for taking the division, I don't know. I mean, the Astros are just so dominant. That That is the best pitching rotation, I think, in the league. They're just offensively, I mean, they could get rid of a couple other players and still somehow be good. So I can't see anyone getting past the Astros in this division. Sad enough, I have a side bet with one of my friends on the Sports <laughs> Gambling Podcast Network. I bet the over on the Angels' win total. And uh, oh. I know, I, I was looking so good, and he was messaging me every day, and he was like, oh, man, I'm going to lose this. Not only will he win money, but we also have to. I also have to donate to the charity of his choice and buy him a jersey of his choosing. So I'm in pain right now with this angels bet that I made. <laughs> well, the misery of your angels is going to help out some charity. So yes. they can thank the angels for being completely incompetent and having no idea how to sign <laughs> pitching to be able to help out their benefit, which that is something that you do like to see some good come out of what has been a really, really sad situation. Yeah. Mike Trout, Shoyotani. They deserve so much better. Angels fans in general, they deserve so much better. And an Angels fan that deserves much better, well, you always provide something great on this podcast whenever you wind up joining me because you do an absolutely amazing job with everything, Minty. I know that you're getting set for the football season and let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, guys, follow me on Twitter at MintyBets. That's M-I-N-T-Y-B-E-T-S. Also follow all of our content over at Yahoo Sportsbook. It's all one word, no underscores or anything on Twitter and TikTok. And also download the Yahoo Sports app. I am hosting The Rush every Sunday night. So every Monday morning, a new episode comes out of The Rush. It's just sports and comedy, sports news and comedy mixed together. And of course, sports betting all on Yahoo Sportsbook. So check it out. It's going to be an absolutely tremendous season out there in the NFL. I know that Minty is going to be covering it very heavily as she, Pam, Ariel Epstein, who does a great job over there at MOB Network as well. I know that she's joined me on this podcast a few times. They do absolutely amazing work. And every time Minty joins this podcast, she always delivers. So a big thanks to Minty for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time the podcast. It can be picks and analysis. Out of a game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VC Family Podcast. And it is always a pleasure to get Minty Betts on the show. She does absolutely amazing work over there at Yahoo Sports. Does a great job covering a little bit of everything. This time of year, does a great job out there on the diamond. 
When it comes to NFL season, she's going to be doing a tremendous job there. And when it comes to hockey, she goes from Minty Bets and she becomes Minty Nets. So, always great to be able to get her aboard some of the most entertaining TikTok videos, by the way, in the game as well. So, big thanks to Minty for joining me in the last segment. Now, it is that time of the podcast that I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNIT underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games, those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, Let's dive into it. 9:51, 9:52 on the betting board is up first. The Colorado Rockies hit the road faceoff against the St. Louis Cardinals. Wayno Adam Wainwright is going to be going for the Cards, and Antonio Sensatella is on the bump for Colorado. Cardinals are between a minus two dollar and minus two ten favorite. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Rocks, it's saying between plus one eighty and plus one ninety eight is your total. Under is minus one twenty, and the over is even. I do like this total over because for the St. Louis Cardinals, they're facing off against a guy in Antonio Sensatella, in which his opponent's batting average is hovering right in the neighborhood of 350. It actually does wind up dipping just a little bit when he hits the road. 338 on the road compared to a 347 at home. He remarkably has only been giving up right in the neighborhood about a home run per nine innings. I think this goes northward. He does a good job of not giving up a lot of walks. 2.3 walks per nine innings, but what about his throwing a 343 off of you? That's not great. And having to face off now against the St. Louis Cardinals in which you've got Paul Goldschmidt, you've got Nolan Arenado. Going into Wednesday, these guys, a combined 54 home runs this season. Goldschmidt, north of a 400 on base. Lars Newtbar has not had the world's greatest season, but you take a look at what he's been able to do ever since the All-Star break. He's got north of a 380 on base. Paul DeYoung, he had a rough start to the season. He's starting to pick it up. Nolan Gorman, he's been able to go deep 13 times at about 215 at-bats. So these guys have been solid. They get Brandon Donovan back in the fold. That is not good for Antonio Sensatella to say the least. And it's backed up by a bullpen that ranks in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of DRA. Carlos Estevez has been far from great this season. You never know what you're going to get out of Justin Lawrence, but typically it's not good because he's got a 5.60 ERA that balloons north of a 6 on the road. Lucas Gilbreth on the road is north of a 5 ERA, so not very sightly there. Meanwhile, you take a look at Adam Wainwright, and he has been absolutely incredible at home. I do think that he's doing for a little bit of negative regression at home because his splits have been very demonstrative. 2.30 ERA at home, 4.43 on the road, giving up 5 home runs and 78 in the third innings at home. Nine bombs and 65 innings on the road with opponents sitting right around 43 points lower off of them at home. But still, Wainwright has been able to put together a very nice season. Has been giving up more around 2.6, 2.7 walks per nine innings. A little bit of an issue, but he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. And he goes up against Rocky Seymour, which they have just not been able to get a whole heck of a lot going in terms of the offense on the road because they hit right around 45 to 40 points lower on the road rather than at home. C.J. Chrome, for instance, he's got 23 home runs this season, but 17 have on to coming at home. Brendan Rodgers, out of his 11 home runs, 10 have come at home. They average right around 1.2 home runs per game at home, 0.65 home runs per game on the road. Really, aside from Jose Iglesias, not a lot of guys have been able to hit on the road. 
big issue for the Rockies, but I just think that Antonio Sensatella going to get completely lit up in this spot, so I do wind up saying my total at an 8.2 as a result. I'm going to be taking a look at the over with the Cardinals. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 125 to a minus 130 on the run line. Right now, you're finding this more around even money. I think the Cardinals get to Sensatella win this game on multiple runs, so looking at the Cardinals on the run line to go along with this 8 over. We go to my DK Nation pick. This is 953 and 954 on the betting board. The LA Dodgers hit the road face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns is going for the crew, and Andrew Heaney is on the bump for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are between a minus 110 to a minus 115 favorite. Brewers are anywhere between minus 105 and plus 102. 7.5 is your total over and under both at minus 110. DK Nation pick is going to be on the Brewers' money line. I'm getting the reigning Cy Young Award winner pretty much at even money to a very, very, very small plus price at home. Sign me up. I was willing to lay up to a minus 136 on the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, when it comes to Corbin Burns, he actually has been worse at home rather than on the road really the last two seasons. 282 home ERA, buck 94 ERA on the road. He's been giving up right around 11 home runs in 73 and a third innings at home, 69 and two-thirds innings on the road. He's given up five bombs, but I do think that that's going to be able to work itself out a little bit. The swing and miss stuff just continues to be absolutely absurd with our good friend Mr. Burns as he has been getting over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And for Andrew Heaney, I do think that he's been getting a little bit lucky on balls in play. Now, Andrew Heaney has always been a guy that has had good stuff, hasn't necessarily been able to put it together. Now that he's with the Dodgers, there is upside there. He's been able to get a little bit over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. The team has been very good in his starts. It's coming off the injured list. He's made four starts. Team has won all four, but he has not completed five innings in any of those starts. So that is a little bit of a knock that I have on him. And so he's been a guy that has given up a few walks thus far, right around 2.8, 2.9 walks. Bernie Nangs has been able to do a relatively solid job, but he just doesn't lend a lot of length. And when it comes to the Dodgers, they are currently dealing with not having Yancey Almonte. Now, I like what Evan Phillips has been able to do for the team along Caleb Ferguson. Both of these guys have a sub-2 ERA, but Reyes Baranta, Craig Kimbrell, Chris Martin, these guys have north of a 3-5 ERA. Alex Asia, David Price have been relatively solid out there in the bullpen, but for the Milwaukee Brewers. When it comes to Devin Williams, in his last 35 appearances, he has allowed an earned run in just one of them. He's had a few in which he's given up unearned runs, but by and large, he has been a rock for the team, and you still have relatively solid bullpen pieces. They do wind up getting rid of Josh Hader. That no doubt winds up hurting, but Hobie Milner has been able to provide right around a 3.33 ERA. Brad Boxberger, hovering in the neighborhood of a 2.50 ERA, has been a relatively rough season for Brent Suter, but take a look at what he's been able to do over since the All-Star break, a sub-2 ERA. That is something that is encouraging. Now, the Dodgers, they've got the leg up with regards to the lineup. No question about it. You've got Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a 300 for this bunch, and when it comes to what you're able to get out of Freeman, more like a 320 batting average. These two guys, Longstable Smith, all between 16 and 18 home runs. Mookie Betts at the top, hitting a 275, 27 home runs. Even Trace Thompson has been solved, but you still have Austin Barnes, Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger. They've been rough for the team. Joey Gallo has been able to find himself doing a little bit of a better job recently, but I still have my question marks with him. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, you've got a trio of guys. Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, Roddy Tellas, who have all been able to give you at least 20 home runs. This is a Brewers team that has actually won the top in the league in terms of being a bit bomb. So nobody other than Mark Brasso is really hitting above 255 for this team, but Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, you're able to throw in there. Renfro, I mentioned before, Colton Wong, 
All these guys have been able to hit right around about at 242, 250. So you've got guys that are able to move the line. The bottom of the lineup, like Tyrone Taylor, has been a little bit brutal with them. But I do think that Corbin Burns is going to be able to go out, be able to spin a relatively good start. And I do think that Andrew Heaney is going to be able to do a solid job as well. I did wind up saying my total has 6.7. So certainly I don't think the Brewers completely light up Andrew Heaney. I've just got my faith in Corbin Burns being able to deliver in this spot in which the Brewers really do need this series. So DK Nation pick. Going to be on the Brewers on the money line. Set my total at 6.7 as well. So looking under along with that money line that I'm writing up for DK Nation. 955-956 on the betting board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They throw to face off against the San Francisco Giants. Logan Webb is going to be going for the Giants. And Zach Gallen is on the bump for Arizona. Arizona between a plus 120 to a plus 130 underdog. Between minus 135 and minus 142 is your price. On San Francisco, 7 to 7.5 seven is your total on the 7.5. Under is minus 125. The over is plus 105. On the 7, the over is minus 115. And the under is minus 105. And I do find him saying my total at a 6.8. I am looking at this total under. And I do find him saying quite a few low totals on this card. Just letting you know that. But when it comes to Zach Allen, he's been able to do an absolutely superb job. Just not backed up necessarily by the world's greatest bullpen. And for Logan Webb, the team has lost just three times when he has pitched at home over the last two seasons. He has been supreme there. Now, speaking of supreme, how about what Zach Allen has been able to do? He's allowed four earned runs over the course of his last five starts. You do take a look at the competition and went up against the Guardians on the road, which in terms of home runs per game at home, they're dead last in the big leagues of Pirates, the Giants once before the Washington Nationals and the Rockies, but that Rockies start, that was on the road. And being able to spin a shutout at course, that is really, really impressive for Gallon. He's given up right around .75 home runs per nine innings. has been better at not giving up walks as well. Right around 2.6 to 2.7 walks per nine innings this season after last season. That was right, right around 3.8. And he's been good on the road. 298 road area compared to a 292 at home. Problem is, Logan Webb has been absolutely amazing in San Francisco as well. Overall, three ERA that drops through 271 at home. He's given up two home runs in 79 and two-thirds innings when he has been at home. He's not necessarily a massive strikeout guy, right around seven and a half strikeouts for nine innings, but a steady Eddie guy that is going to be able to turn it over to a bullpen that certainly has had its warts this season, but John Barbia, Jarlin Garcia, Camilio Duvall, all these guys have a sub-3-3 ERA for the Giants. They find a way to be able to move the line. They're good at platooning. They've got Jack Peterson, Wilmer Flores, J.D. Davis, Austin Slater, all inning between about a 252-260. Tom LeBosal as well. Peterson and Flores both have between 17 and 16 home runs apiece. Really nobody else in the starting lineup yesterday had more than eight, but Giants find a way to be able to isolate those matchups. And then when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks, the tough thing for them is that they really don't move the line. Now, Christian Walker, ever since the All-Star break, has been superb. Overall for the season, he's only hitting at 220, but more like a 275 post All-Star break, 29 home runs this far this season. But you take a look at guys like Geraldo Perdomo, Sergio Alcantara, Cooper Hummel, Jordan Luplo, all these guys wearing a 220 or lower. Carson Kelly is in that fold as well. Now, Emmanuel Rivera. All of a sudden, he's becoming Babe Ruth ever since he has gone to Arizona going into the game yesterday. In 10 games with Arizona, four home runs and inning above a three-iron. So, he's going to do a solid job there. Josh Ross hitting a 280. Alec Thomas has been solid at being able to move the line. Jake McCarthy sitting above a 250. But when it comes to Arizona, other than Joe Mantiply, you really haven't gotten a lot out of the bullpen. Mark Melanson's been a little bit better recently, but he still has north of a four ERA overall for the campaign. Ian Kennedy, he wound up having his warts in this series as well. Edwin Yuseta's got north of a four ERA as well. So 
That is a little bit tough. I do think that Gallon is going to be able to do very well with Webb, but I do think that the Giants just provide Logan Webb with a little bit of a better lineup and a little bit of a better bullpen, which I can't believe I just said Giants and a better bullpen because theirs have been relatively grody as well. But I'm willing to take the Giants, be able to get the job done in a Logan Webb start in what I think is going to be a good pitcher's rule. Set my total at 6.8. I'm looking under one lay up to a minus 143 with the Giants as well. So looking at the Giants on the money line, 957. 58 on the betting board. It is the New York Mets. They throw it to face off against the Atlanta Braves. Going for the Braves is going to be good old to be determined, which is why this game is off the board and Jacob Degnome is going to be on the bump for the Mets. Now, it was looking like it was going to be Max Freed getting the start, and if it would have been Max Freed, I would have set the Mets minus 114 and a very low total. We need to see who we wind up getting in this spot. It looks like they wind up calling up a guy in Freddie. Tarnick, who is a little bit more of a reliever to the big leagues to be able to take that spot, but this is the spot in which the Mets have to be more around about a minus 180 to a minus 185 favorite. Now, this is a little bit of speculation right now just because we don't know who's going to be starting, but Jacob deGrom was very, very dominant in his first three starts, going five plus innings, giving up a combined three runs. He has been able to punch out in 16 and two-thirds innings, 28 guys. This is the old Jacob deGrom. He continues to be absolutely magnificent, throwing over 100 miles per hour, for the Atlanta Braves, they do wind up being able to help out whoever winds up getting the start here with a relatively solid bullpen. Jackson Stevens is going to be able to fill multiple innings. He's been very good recently, providing a 275 ERA overall for the season. A.J. Minter has seen his faults lately, but he's providing a sub-3 ERA. Ever since the All-Star break, Kenley Jansen has been able to pick it up a little bit as well. He's blown a lot of run lines this season, but he hasn't been too bad. Still posting up right around 325 ERA. Rossi Iglesias is someone that is relatively solid. And the good news for the Atlanta Braves is that they still have a lineup that's able to go out there and mash. You've got Austin Riley is able to provide 30-plus home runs. He's moving the line as he, Dansby Swanson, Michael Harris, the second. All these guys hanging between about a 285 to a 295. Ronald Acuna Jr., a 370 on base. You've had the young guy in Von Grisham look really good for the team in a limited sample size. Matt Olson has north of 24 home runs. You've had Marcel Ozuna be able to slug out right around 20 or so bombs. So this team is in solid shape there. And for the Mets, the bullpen has been a little bit up and down this season, but it's really been at its best over the last three days or so. Post All-Star break, they've got a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA. Now, getting the ball to Edwin Diaz has been a little bit of an adventure, but Seth Lugo, a sub three ERA over the last 40 days. Adam Vino has been solid for this team as well. So this is a spot in which if it would have been Max Freed, it would have been a relatively tight line. Would have been setting the Mets more on a minus 114. 70 to 75 cents of movement is what we wind up having with the Atlanta Braves going with someone else. If it is someone like a Kyle Mueller, this could wind up touching right around minus 190 to minus 195 on the Mets. And the total winds up moving by a full like half a run because I did wind up setting it at a 6.6 if Freed was going to be taking the mound 6 half or less to the over 7 or higher to the under. If you do wind up having Mueller, it would probably be a 7 or less to the over 7.5 or higher. I'd be looking at an under. Could wind up touching 7.5 if it is a true bullpen game though. So check back in the morning at GNNR is 41, but that's what I'm thinking in terms of the Braves if you wind up getting a bullpen game. 9.59, 9.60 on the banking board. It is the Slam Diego Padres. A playoffs to the Washington Nationals. Anibal Sanchez.
Torres is going to be going for the Nets, and you Darvish is on the bump for the Padres. Padres opened up $4 favorites. They are, and I air quotes here, down to being minus 335 to minus 350 favorites. Meanwhile, in between plus 290 and plus 305 is your price on Washington. 7.5 is your total. The over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And if you're looking at the run line of the Padres, currently find that at a minus 160. I set the Padres minus 368 on the money line and minus 172 on the run line. Anibal Sanchez at being 578 years old just should not be getting starts right now for the Washington Nationals. It's just disgraceful to the game of baseball. I mean, the guy is a 720 ERA. I recognize that last time these two teams wound up doing battle, he gave up three runs over the course of five innings and his team was able to rally, but that's really the only start of which the Washington Nationals have been able to win from this season. Out of the five losses that have been taken in his starts, four of them have been by multiple runs, and it's not even against the world's greatest teams like the Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he has given up at least three runs in every one of his starts. He has yet to be able to make it past five and two-thirds innings with Anibal Sanchez. He has given up the deep ball as He's won 30 innings as far as the season, giving up 10 bombs. There's really no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And for you, Darvish, he has been absolutely dominant at home. For Darvish, as a matter of fact, ever since he's gotten to San Diego, his ERA on the road has been two full points higher than it is at home. Thus far this season, 217 home ERA compared to a 450 ERA on the road, giving up six home runs over the course of 66 and a third innings in San Diego. Opponents are up buck 72 off of them. And this is a Washington Nationals team that, because they wound up trading away Juan Soto and Josh Bell, who's going to be on the other side in this game, they really don't have a lot of power. You've got Lane Thomas, who's been able to still got 11 homers, dating back to his time with the Padres. Luke Voigt has a double-digit amount of homers as well, but you've got Voigt, Kibeta Weez, Nelson Cruz. You're able to throw in there Victor Robles, Mikel Franco, Lane Thomas, all these guys in between about a 232, 245, but you really don't have a lot of firepower with regards to the team. The one thing that has been nice has been Joey Manessas, a longtime journeyman who's been able to provide five home runs in 13 games, hitting over a 300. That has been a great story, but past that, you really don't have a lot going for the team. Meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, they just completely torched the poor Miami Marlins yesterday. You've got a trio of guys, Manny Machado, along with Brandon Drury, and Juan Soto have been able to provide 20-plus home runs apiece. Machado, after a rough July, has been able to pick it up here in August. You've got Jerick and Profar, Austin Supernola, Jake Cronenworth, Awesome Kim, only between about a 242, a 250. In the case of Kim, a 255. And you take a look at what Awesome Kim has been able to do after he had a really bad start to his career in San Diego. He's hitting right around about a 290 over his last 45 days. So he's really been able to pick it up. Josh Bell, overall for the season, he's hitting a 280. He's in a little bit of a funk, but this is a team that they should be able to win relatively easily against the Nationals bullpen that, truth be told, they haven't been as terrible recently. You you got Steve Cishek, Kyle Finnegan, guys like this that are veterans that are posting up right around 375 ERA. Carl Liberts Jr., a little bit better than that, but with the Padres, they probably shouldn't need too much of their bullpen in this one. Josh Hader, if he winds up returning to form, still one of the most dominant closers out there in the big leagues. Nabel Crisman is able to give you multiple innings. He's been able to post up a sub-3 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings out of Luis Garcia as well, so I do think that the Padres should be a very hefty favorite. Willing to lay up to a minus 170 on the run line. 
semi-total at some point three because I don't think that the Nationals in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in San Diego going to be generating much offense. I think that Darvish is going to be on his game looking at the under and the Padres run line. 961-962 on the bank board. The Oakland A's at third faceoff against the Walker Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning is going to look to get her Dunning for the Rangers and Zach Logue is going to be going for Oakland. Oakland, an underdog of any between plus 155 and plus 163. And between minus 172 and minus 180 is your price on Texas A&F and Z total. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. When it comes to Texas, I wound up saying them a minus 192 favorite. Pretty much even money or better is what I needed to take a look at the run line of the Rangers laying a run in F. And right now I'm finding that anywhere team plus 110 and plus 115. So I'm going to be willing to nibble on that because with the Texas Rangers... You've got Dane Dunning, who's got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits ever since he wanted getting traded from the Chicago White Sox to Texas last offseason. Overall for the season, a 2 6 record with a 412 ERA, but in Texas, 323 ERA compared to a 508 ERA on the road. And his home and road splits last season, he wound up having more like a three point differential between his home and road ERA. He's been able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard overall for the season, giving up a little bit less than a home run. Per nine innings, his strikeouts per nine rate at home. It's right around eight and a half per nine. And the big key for him has been keeping the walks down because he's had a tough time with that on the road at home. He's been able to do a little bit of a better job giving up right around three walks per nine innings. Opponents are 85 points lower off of him when he is at home rather than on the road as well. Now he's backed up by a bullpen in which he's got two very trustworthy guys. Brock Burke, Matt Moore, who have been able to provide a sub-2 ERA without having Joe Barlow in the fold. It has really hurt this team. Garrett Richards, he's got north of a 10 ERA over the last 45 days. It has been touch and go with Jose LeClerc and gentlemen of that nature. And then we got Zach Logue, who he has been loging along, giving up at least three runs in now four out of his last five starts. Last time he went up against Texas, went two and a third innings, giving up four runs, and that was a home start back in late May. That is not a good sample size. Overall for the season, Logue has made four road starts, posting up a 6-14 ERA, giving up six home runs in 22 innings. A guy that legitimately should not be getting starts at the big league level, and he is. He is backed up by a quadrant of guys that have been able to do a relatively solid job out there in the bullpen. Sam Mall, A.J. Puck, Domingo Acevedo. Zach Jackson, all these guys have been able to come in and do a relatively solid job posting up an ERA of a 305 or lower. And then you've had Danny Jimenez ever since he has come off the injured list look very good for the team ever since he has resurfaced in his four appearances has not given up a run. So the A's actually back him up relatively well. But when it comes to this A's offense, it has been very, very grody this season as you do have Seth Brown who's been able to provide 17 home runs since the All-Star break. He has been solid. But if you take a look at the starting lineup that you want to get in with the A's yesterday, it's a bunch of which they wound up having one guy with at least 20 at-bats for the season hitting above a 235. That would be... Sean Murphy has been able to provide 14 home runs. He's hitting a 246. That said, nobody else has seen at least 10 at bats this season, hitting at least a 237. Just not good to say the least. And then for the Texas Rangers, you've got Adolise Garcia, Marcus Simeon, a pair of guys who have been able to combine for 37 home runs this season. With Garcia, he, Corey Seager, Jonah Heim, all been able to hit about a 245 to 255. Heim has a double-digit amount of homers. Nate Lowe, 16 bombs, hitting a 290. Corey Seager, 26 home runs. 
But on the fold, that's seeing a little bit of a fall off, but Charlie Coverson moves the line hitting above a 250. Leody Tavares, he's been able to 800 as well. Dane Dunning, I think, is going to be able to get her Dunning against an Oakland offense that right now is just pretty darn deplorable. And for Zach Logue, I think that he's going to be giving up runs as well. But with that said, I do think that things are going to be relatively lower scoring because I think that Dunning really going to get to work here at home. Did wind up saying Matola at some point for a little bit of a body clock game here for Oakland as well. When it comes to Pacific time where Oakland is based, 11.05 a.m. start. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot as I do think that the Oakland bullpen going to be able to preserve that under. And I'm going to be taking a look at the Texas Rangers on the run line as well. 963-964. Chicago White Sox playoffs the Houston Astros. Luis Garcia is going to be going for the Astros. And Lucas Gilito is on the bump. For the White Sox, the Southsiders are anywhere between even money and plus 113. And between minus 120 and minus 125. Seeing as trade minus 115 as your price on Houston. A half is the total. The under is minus 120 and the over is even. And when it comes to Houston, what I'm saying them as a minus 141 favorite. I have absolutely no faith whatsoever in Lucas Giolito. He has given up at least three runs. And now seven out of his last 12 starts. And for Lucas Giolito, he's registering an ERA of a 492 for the season. He's been giving up over a home run and a half per nine innings and has been worse at home. 586 home ERA compared to a 416 ERA on the road at home. He's been giving up a home run and a half per nine innings. His walks per nine rate has went north of three as well. Opponents overall getting a 284 off of him. That includes a 305 at home. Now, Lucas Giolito in his last few starts has actually been a dab bit better, giving up two runs or fear in two out of his last three starts. But if he saw a start against the Texas Rangers where he gave up one run, he literally had to get out of one bases loaded jam and he had to get like two double play balls in order to be able to reduce the damage there. And he's coming off of giving up four runs to the Detroit Tigers who stink on offense. And for Luis Garcia, he's been very dominant on the road. He's got a 307 road area compared to a 488 area at home, giving up six bombs in 55 and two-thirds innings on the road compared to 12 home runs in 62 and two-thirds settings at home for Garcia. He's being able to do a solid job in terms of command as well, right around 2.6 walks per nine innings. So put on staring at 223 off of him. He's been able to log a little bit over nine and a half punch outs per nine innings as well. So I do like that now with Garcia. He's given up at least three runs and now each out of his last four starts and he has been someone that has been faltering a little bit in terms of the strikeout number six or fewer in four out of his last five starts. So that is a little bit of a worry, but he's backed up by an offense that is a little bit more fortified. Trey Boobo Mancini, three home runs provided ever since he wanted coming over from the Orioles. You've got a lot of guys that are able to do a solid job of just being able to move the line in general as you've got Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, along with Alex Bregman. Only between about a 248 to a 265 with Bregman. North of a 350 on base. Jose Altuve, 20 home runs. Hitting at 280. Kyle Tucker, 21 home runs. Jordan Alvarez, he's been a little bit touch and go ever since the All-Star break. Hitting more like a 260 in this time span, but still 31 home runs. 400 on base as well. And then for the Chicago White Sox, they rank in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of home runs supplied as you do have Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, along with Andrew Vaughn, owing at least a 295 with between 12 and 14 home runs apiece. But the deep ball's not been there for this team. You've got Yasmani Grandel, Yoan Mankata, Lori Garcia, all hitting a 215 or lower. They want to calling up to the big leagues, Rami Gonzalez, to try to be able to give this team a little bit of a boost in the infield as they've been dealing with not having Tim Anderson now. You do have Liam Hendricks and Kendall Graveman locking it down in the 8th and ninth innings. And I do like what you've been able to get out of Jimmy Lambert and Reynaldo Lopez out of the bullpen as well. Both of these guys, a sub-3 ERA after they were failures of starters. But I do think that the Astros, with having their top flight bullpen, 
out there as well as this team is number one in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Seth Martinez, Rafael Montero, Ryan Sanic, all these guys posting up a sub-3 ERA. Hector Neris has been able to find it recently. Ryan Presley has been solid as well. Should be able to lead to a Houston Astros victory. And I did think Lucas Giolito going to be giving up plenty of runs here. And Garcia hasn't necessarily been in the world's greatest form as well. So I might tell it at 8.9. Looking over, willing to lay up to a minus 140 here with the Astros as well. 965-966 on the banking board. The Toronto Blue Jays then throw it face off against the New York Yankees. One of Frankie Montas is going to be going for the Yankees. And Jose Barrios is going to be on the bump for Toronto. It is your total over and under both at minus 110. Minus 135 is your price on the Yankees. This is a line currently only available at DraftKings. Meanwhile, plus 115 is your price on the Blue Jays. And if plus 115 is what we wind up getting on the Blue Jays, I want absolutely nothing to do with the Blue Jays, especially Jose Barrios on the road. As I wind up saying Montas as a minus 158 favorite and a semi-total at 9.3. It has been a sad state of affairs for the New York Yankees offense, to say the least, but you've still got Aaron Judge, who's got 100-plus RBI, entered Indy yesterday with 46 home runs. You know that he's not going to stay down for long now. They did wind up calling up a few guys to the big leagues, like Oswaldo Cabrera and company, to be able to try to give this team a little bit of a spark as they've been dealing with an injury to DJ Turner up LeMayu, but Andrew Benatendi, he's been ending north of a 300 all season long. Labor Torres, he's been able to provide 16, 17 home runs. He's sitting right around 8245 for Anthony Rizzo, the batting average isn't there. He and Josh Donaldson both hitting below at 225, but for Rizzo, 335 on base. He entered into USA supplying 27 home runs. Jose Trevino, Isaiah Kinnear Falefa, both of these guys hit above a 260. And for the Yankees bullpen, I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how they operate moving forward because Clay Holmes currently on the injured list for this team, but they recall Ron Metanacchio, who should have never been sent down to the minor leagues. He's been tremendous this year with right around a 2 ERA. Wandy Peralta, he's been providing right around a 2-5 ERA. Aroldo Chapman has made a pick it up recently. Alberto Breu, a sub-3 ERA. Even with the recent struggles, the Yankees still rank in the top four of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. And for the Blue Jays, even without Tim Mesa in the fold, the bullpen has not been too bad as you've been able to get some good innings out of Yemi Garcia, Adam Simber, guys like this. A little bit of credit where credit is due to Jordan Romano. He's become a relatively solid closer for this team, but Jose Barrios is someone that I want absolutely no part of on the road. How does this guy have an 8-5 record? He's got a 561 ERA, and this on the road balloons to a 750. On the road, he's given up 15 home runs in 54 innings. He's literally given up more home runs than walks on the road. His opponent's batting average is a 316 when he winds up leaving Toronto, and he's got a strikeouts per nine rate of six. There is no redeeming qualities of Jose Barrios on the road. I recognize that this is a bad slump for the Yankees, but this is an overcorrection. Now, I recognize Frankie Montas. He himself has had his issues when he's been away from Oakland this season. As a matter of fact, away from Oakland, he's got a near a right around a 582 himself as he's been giving up 1.3 home runs per nine innings away from Oakland. The walks have not been a factor. He's only been giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings, but 273 is the opponent's batting average when he is away from Oakland. That is a little bit of an issue, but I think that he's backed up by a little bit of better bullpen and I mean if we wind up getting a total of eight this is very clearly in over in this spot the only reason why this isn't the write-up is because well the only place that has this number available is DraftKings so I do fear that once this winds up hitting more books that we are going to see this go northward but I'm willing to take this total over up to about a nine set it at a 9.3 and willing to lay up to a minus 158 with the Yankees as well 967 968 on the bank board it is the Kansas City Royals 
They throw it face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. It is to be determined on the betting board for the Rays, and it is to be determined on the board for the Kansas City Royals. That makes it really hard for this one. I was seeing before a matchup of Shane McClanahan and Brad Kellerhan. If we get McClanahan versus Keller, I'm willing to make the Rays a minus 224 favorite, but at this point, we are speculating with the Tampa Bay Rays. No question. It's a bullpen that has been able to do a solid job all season long. Jason Adam has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch along Brooks Raley do a relatively solid job. Both of these guys, a 3 ERA or lower. Sean Armstrong has actually been able to provide some good long relief. He had a very rough start to begin the season, but he's been able to calm things down a little bit more recently as well. You've been able to get some good innings as well out of even someone like a Pete Fairbanks who wanted coming off the injured list, Jalen Beeks has been very solid as more of an opener pitcher for this team. And then you do take a look at the Kansas City Royals, and they do have the dead last bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues. Amir Garrett has just been a hot mess all season long. They did wind up being able to save quite a few of their bullpen pieces yesterday, which was good for them. Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, both of these guys have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. And if you do wind up getting Brad Keller, he has always been a little bit of a better pitcher at home rather than on the road. 458 home ERA, 540 ERA on the road. Not giving up a lot of the deep ball, giving up right around 101 run per nine innings. It's always been an issue of walks as this season he's given up right around 3.3 walks per nine innings which is below average for him and for Shane McClanahan. He's been coming off of a couple of rough starts. He is starting to fall out of favor in terms of the Cy Young race but even with that he has still been able to do a masterful job this season especially if you take a look at what he's been able to do in Tampa. 237 home He's given up seven home runs in 83 and two-thirds innings at home with a strikeouts per nine rate when he is at home that is well north of 11 more like 11 and a half so if you do wind up getting McClain in, should be a very good start there. And for the Tampa Bay race, it's just been an issue of which they have not been able to find the deep ball this season. You've got Randy Rosarena, who's right now leading the way with 16 home runs. And getting back Harold Ramirez is big. He's been able to hit a 325 for the team as Rosarena, David Peralta, both of these guys hit a right around a 255 ENDDS has been able to provide a 385 on base, but you've got Taylor Walls, Jose Siri, guys like this, bearing below the Mendoza of a 200. Roman Quinn, ever since he's come over, it's been a little bit better, but then you do take a look at the Kansas City Royals, and all of a sudden, the offense has been able to find a little bit of footing as well as Bobby Witt Jr., Salvador Perez, throw in there MJ Melendez. All these guys are now providing at least 14 home runs, and for most of these guys, the power has been coming recently as well. They have a deal with Hunter Dozier being out of the fold, but Vinny Pasquantino, how about what this guy's been able to do ever since the All-Star break, hitting well above a 300, and he's got five home runs over the last 15 days, so that has been very encouraging to take a look at. It's been a little bit touch-and-go ever since they did wind up selling off a few pieces at the trade deadline. Guys like Kyle Isabel, Nick Prado, and company, they still have uh, ways to go. I do like the upside of someone like an Aid Eaton, but certainly someone that is a little bit raw right now, so if you do wind up getting Keller versus Shane McClain and set my total at a 7.3, where a 7 or less, I'm looking at an over 7 half prior to the under. In this spot, I be setting the race at a minus 224 favorite, willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line, but obviously subject to a lot of change based on who we wind up getting as the starter. 969, 970 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs, they throw it face off against the Baltimore Orioles as Spencer Watkins is going to be going for the Orioles and Adrian Sampson is on the bump for the Cubs. The Cubs are underdogs of any between plus 125 and plus 130 between minus 140 and minus 145. Your price on Baltimore. Nine is the total. Under is any between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is any between even and minus 105 and 
With the Cubs, I want to make them underdogs of plus 152. I'm willing to stick my faith into the Baltimore Orioles. A little bit of a rough go of it yesterday for the bullpen, but you still have a bullpen that ranks in the top five in the big leagues in terms of ERA, and I do think that these guys are going to be able to bounce back, guys. You've got so many weapons in this bullpen. Dylan Tate, CNL Perez, Felix Batista, Joey Kribel, Keegan Aiken, all providing a sub-3 ERA for this team. So I do think that they are going to be just fine. And when it comes to Spencer Watkins, ever since he wound up getting recalled from the AAA level, this guy has been absolutely amazing. Last year, he wound up having an 8 ERA, was getting completely tattooed, giving up over 2 home runs per 9 innings. This year, he's been giving up 1 home run. Per nine innings, and really ever since the beginning of the month of June, he's been able to provide an ERA that has been sub three, which has been very encouraging for the team as well. I've seen a few rough starts recently, so he hasn't necessarily been in the world's greatest form as he did wind up allowing a combined seven runs in his last two starts against the Pirates and the Tampa Bay Rays. But I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job against a Cubs team in which you really only have two guys that are able to take you deep. That would be Patrick Wisdom coupled with Wilson Contreras. These two guys have been able to provide a combined 38 home runs as far this season with Wisdom is well on his way to 200 strikeouts as well. So it's a little bit of an issue. And you do have Contreras along the in-app, both providing a 355 on base. Nico Horner has been able to give you a 350 on base while being able to hit a 300 as well. Christopher Morrell has been able to move the line, hitting right around 255 as well. But when you've got Jan Gomes out there, it's a little bit more touch and go rather than someone like a PJ Higgins as well, who's been able to do a solid job hitting about a 285 as well. The big thing for the Cubs, though, is that they did wind up selling off a lot of their good pieces from the bullpen at the trade deadline. David Robertson, Scott Efres, they were posting up sub-3 ERA, so you're now relying a little bit more on Brendan Hughes, Eric Uelman, both of these guys, a 3.40 ERA or better, but it has been all sorts of brutal for someone like a Michael Rucker, Mark Leiter Jr., these guys posting up north of a 4-4 ERA. That is a little bit of an issue for this bunch. And for the Baltimore Orioles, bats were held silent yesterday, but by and large, you've been able to get good balance hitting from this team. Anthony Santander has been able to do a very good job of being able to go deep 20 home runs thus far this season. But you take a look at just the up-and-down guys that are able to do a good job of being able to reach base. As you've got Santander, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Austin the Saves kid, Edley Rushman, Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna, all in between about a 250 to 268. Ryan Moncastle, he's hitting a 248. He's been able to go deep 16 times. And Ori Mateo, he wound up having a rough time being able to get on base towards the beginning part of the season, but he right now leads the American League in terms of stolen bases, and ever since the All-Star break, has been hitting well above a 300. He has been a nice find for this team. I do think that Spencer Watkins is going to be able to do a solid job, and I do think that Adrian Sampson still doing for a little bit of regression as well. Not a guy that's going to get a bunch of swings and misses right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. So giving up a little bit less than home run per nine innings. The walks have not been bad. He's been giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings, but he's got a 434 road ERA, giving up one home run in 18 and two-thirds innings. He's been very fortunate on balls in play, and we have seen that start to sort of regress on him a little bit, giving up 11 runs over the last 21 innings in his last four starts as he has given up at least two runs at each out of his last five starts, three plus runs in two out of his last three. That includes a start against the Miami Marlins, so I'm willing to take the Baltimore Orioles in this spot, and I do think that the Orioles bullpen going to do a nice job holding down the Cubs at my toe at an 8.3 as well, so looking under along with Baltimore, and we have things up with 971-972 on the banking board. It is the Boston Red Sox on the road facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nathan Eovaldi is going to be going for the Red Sox, and JT Brubaker is going to be on the bump for the Buccos. Right now, the only line that I'm seeing is at DraftKings. The Red Sox are minus 190, plus 160 on the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
Eight and a half is your total with the over and the under both at minus 110. And if I'm getting plus 150 or greater with the Pirates, count me in because JT Brubaker, he's got the two and 10 record, but he doesn't necessarily deserve it. 445 ERA. We have seen him progress a little bit in his last four starts, last four starts, giving up 14 runs and 19 in the third innings. And the big thing has been, he has been always a guy that has been a little bit prone to giving up the deep ball thus far this season, giving up right around one home run per nine innings after that number was pretty darn close to two last season. But you know who's been giving up the deep ball this season? Nathan Eovaldi, 1.95 home runs per nine innings allowed this season. Now, for Nathan Eovaldi, he's been significantly better on the road than he has been at home. 626 home ERA compared to a 264 ERA on the road. He's given up 10 home runs and 58 innings on the road. Not great, but at home, his home runs per nine rate winds up going to right around at 2.3. He's given up 11 bombs in 41 and two-thirds innings. Opponents are going to get 229 off of him on the road compared to a 322 at home, but the Boston Red Sox also don't provide a very good bullpen behind them. Ever since the All-Star break, they have had the absolute worst bullpen in the big leagues in terms of ERA. You've been able to have Tanner Houck along with Garrett Woodlock do a solid job in the bullpen, but currently Tanner Houck has been on the injured list, so that means that Garrett Woodlock has to carry the load for the team. John Triber has been solid. He's been posting up right around at 2 ERA, but you take a look at these guys like Austin Davis, Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes. You're able to go down the list of guys with north of a 5 ERA. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, J.C. Young did wind up getting used up a little bit earlier in this series, but he's been able to do a solid job in long relief. Will Crow has been able to provide right around a 3-3 ERA. Colin Holderman, he's provided a sub-2 ERA as well. Tyler Beattie, you got to figure, is now going to be back in the bullpen as a little bit more of a long guy. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you've been able to get some really good production out of Brian Reynolds, who's been able to provide between 16 and 17 home runs. He's been able to move the line, hitting at 260 for the team. Kevin Newman, saying at 270 as well. And then you've got Jason Delay, who's been hitting at 270 at the catcher spot. Ben Gamble, along with Michael Chavis, both are hitting between about a 242 250 with Chavis. Double digit amount of homers. Now, you've got a couple dead bats like Oniel Cruz, Gregory Allen, Diego Castillo, Kevin Padillo as well. But for the Red Sox, they've got their issues as well as they get back Kike Hernandez. He just has not been great this season. He, Bobby Dahlbeck, these guys have not necessarily been too terrific along Kevin Ploiecki. Now, got a pair of guys hitting a 300 grader in Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. And for Rafi Devers, 25 home runs entering into yesterday. J.D. Martinez, Alex Verdugo, along with Christian Arroyo for the season, have all been able to hit a 270. And Verdugo has been in good form. J.D. Martinez, not been in good form. You take a look at Martinez, and over the last 50 days, he is hitting below a buck 80. It has not been terrific for him. Tommy Pham has been able to provide a pair of homers ever since coming over to Boston, so he's been able to do a relatively solid job, but I do think that it is going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game. The offense of the Buccos has not been in good form, and for Nathan Eovaldi, he's been a little bit better on the road this season as well, so that comes into play, but I mean, if I'm getting north of a plus 150 on the Buccos, the way that this Red Sox bullpen has been performing, sign me up for that. Also, semi-total is 7.7, so if I'm getting the 8.5 as well that I'm seeing at DraftKings, looking at the under 2, and that will wrap things up. For the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, a big thanks to our friend Minty Betts of Yahoo Sportsbook for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it's very much appreciated. From there, we're both find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review, and I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.